the Lord for his goodness. Thank the Lord for the opportunity to be in his house this morning. Amen. Uh, as I said, uh, today is a graduation Sunday. It's the Sunday we set aside each year uh, to recognize, to challenge, to encourage uh, our high school and college graduates. So this morning we're going to be recognizing four uh, graduates. I have their pictures here on the screen. Uh, if our uh, thing is still working, you may notice that the TVs are off this morning. Uh, for whatever reason, they had some kind of bug in them this morning, and so we turned them off, and that seemed to fix the problem. But I did instruct Tanner. I said, if this thing starts blinking, shut it off. And so if it just goes blank during the service, Tanner is being on the ball. And so, uh, But anyway, we're recognizing uh, four graduates this morning. We have uh, Tanner, uh, who I was just talking about, graduated Riverheads High School. Tanner's up in the sound booth uh, helping us out this morning. Uh, Tanner Bowles. We have Tate Ramsey, uh, graduated Rockbridge uh, County High School. Uh, then we have uh, Hunter Connor and Jody used to be Jones, but just recently became Connor. And so uh, we uh, good to have the newlyweds with us this morning. I hope y'all had a wonderful trip. Good to see you made it safely back from around the world. Amen. Thank y'all for being with us. But we'll be recognizing uh, them both graduated from Eastern Mennonite University. Each of these young people have reached a milestone in their life. They've completed a course of study that's intended to prepare them for success in their adult life and in the careers that they choose. Now, while their graduation marks the completion of their studies, and so in that way it is the end of a thing, in many ways graduation marks a beginning. It marks a start. It marks the beginning of the next phase or the next step of their life. Now, many of these uh, young folks have already begun to experience adult life in many ways. They've already taken on responsibilities. They've taken on uh, jobs. They've taken on uh, careers. They've uh, already married. Many of them have begun to take on the aspects of adulthood in many ways. Uh, uh, but at the same time, the graduation from high school and college marks the beginning of adulthood. From birth to this stage, life changes pretty rapidly. Uh, from one year old to two year old, you're a completely different person. From two years old to five year old, you're a completely different person again. And a ten year old would never think of hanging out with a five year old. Uh, I mean, things are changing pretty rapidly. And then once uh, you become a teenager, and it's debatable when that happens, whether it's 11, 12, or 13, uh, many people have their ideas. But when you become a teenager, you've entered another whole realm of your life, uh, uh, but then them 16 and 17 year old teenagers, they don't want nothing to do with them 12 and 13 year old teenagers. Uh, I mean, life is just changing rapidly, and then you graduate high school, you go to college, if that's the choice you make in life, you graduate college, uh, and then I've got news for you, it pretty much stays the same for a long time after that. You just kind of find your place in life uh, and you just continue doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. And so you stay, continue into life. So this marks uh, the end or the completion of your education, but this day marks uh, the beginning uh, or the transition in to adulthood. So this morning, and with that in mind, with the help of the Lord and instruction from His Word, I want to take a few moments this morning uh, to encourage and challenge these young people, and of course everyone else, uh, with a message from the book of Proverbs, chapter number 3, titled, The Bible Formula 
for a life of blessings. The Bible formula for a life of blessings. We'll be in Proverbs chapter number 3 and we're going to read verse 1 down through verse number 10 and then we'll get into the message this morning. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, starting in verse number 1, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the firstfruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for each one that is able to be here with us this morning. We thank you, Lord, for each one that has joined us online and, Lord, is participating in the service from home. And, Lord, although they're unable to be with us, Lord, we thank you for each one. Father, I pray that you will be with those, Lord, who are sick or who are ill or unable to be with us. Lord, I pray you'll touch their bodies and bless them and be with them. Uh, Father, Lord, I thank you for those that are able to participate. And, Father, I pray that you'll bless as we look into your word this morning that, Lord, this challenge, this simple challenge, challenge from your word, this instruction from your word. Uh, Father, Lord, that it'll instruct us, uh, it'll encourage us, and it'll challenge us, Father, of the importance of living according to your word. Lord, I do thank you for each of these young people. I thank you, dear Lord, that they have chosen, uh, Lord, not only uh, Lord, to, to finish their, their uh, education, but Lord, that most of all they have chosen to follow you. I thank you, dear Lord, that they are in your house this morning. Lord, there are many young people who have graduated high school and college this year, uh, Lord, who haven't darkened the door of your house. And Lord, I thank you that these young people, uh, Lord, have chosen to follow you. They've chosen to put you first in their life. And so, Father, I pray that, Lord, as we look into your word this morning, that, Lord, it'll encourage, uh, it'll strengthen, uh, uh, Lord, that it'll guide and it instruct, Father, I pray. Thank you, dear Lord, for your goodness. Bless now as we look into your word. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Here in this passage of Scripture, of course, we know the book of Proverbs uh, is referred to as the book of wisdom, uh, and I do encourage everyone uh, uh, to read through the book of Proverbs uh, at least once a year. Uh, uh, some could re Many read the book of Proverbs once a month. It's 30 chapters. You read a chapter a day. You read the book of Proverbs through monthly. It's the book of wisdom, and the book of Proverbs is full of uh, of practical advice on how to live life. But here in Proverbs 3, verse 1 down through verse number 10, we find a collection uh, of instructions for life. Uh, uh, the layout of the passage is interesting uh, because while it contains five promises uh, in these ten verses, we notice uh, that the promises are conditional. Or we could say... Uh, uh, that uh, there is a required action in order to get the benefit. Uh, there is something that we must do in order uh, to get the, the blessing. The formula, as I have called it, is given first, uh, and then we have the blessing. And this repeats itself five times uh, uh, throughout this passage of Scripture. You know, whenever we look into the Word of God, we find that it is possible. And many times we fail to remember this. 
I'm just as guilty as you are. But we find that it is possible to have a blessed life even in the midst of this troubled world that we live in. It is possible to enjoy life even with all the turmoil, with all the trouble, with all the uncertainties. It is possible to live a life that is blessed and enjoyable here on this earth. But the secret to finding that life is in applying the principles of the Word of God. And so this morning we're going to look here in this passage at these five principles that I have called the formula for a blessed life. As we look at this passage of Scripture, the first blessing that we see is what I have referred to as a daily blessing. This is in verses 1 and 2. I've referred to this as a daily blessing because in this blessing we find a promise of obtaining profitable, plentiful, and peaceful days. We find a promise that our days will be blessed, but a of course, uh, in order to receive this blessing, uh, there is a formula that must be applied. There is something that must be done in order to receive this blessing. So verse number 1 gives us the first step uh, to obtaining this blessing. Proverbs uh, 3 and verse number 1 says, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. Well, whenever we see the words law and commandment, we understand that this is referring to the principles and instructions that are found in the Word of God. Now, if we were to think specifically, we could say that this is referring specifically to the instructions given in the book of Proverbs to the person that the book of Proverbs was written to. But we can also say in a broader sense that this would apply to all the instructions that is found throughout the entirety of the Word of God. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. This is speaking of all the instruction that is given to you and I throughout the Word of God. Whenever we consider the instruction here in verse number 1, we see two actions regarding our attitude toward the instruction found in Scripture. The first instruction is to remember and the second is to apply. The first is to remember and the second is to apply. If you're going to change a tire on your automobile and you put the lug wrench on the lug nut, the first thing you must do is remember that lefty-loosey, righty-tighty. You've got to remember the instruction. But just because you remember the instruction, it does you no good unless you apply the instruction. Now, there have been a few times when I remembered that instruction, but for whatever reason, I forgot which hand was left and which one was right, and I still went the wrong way. But uh, you've got to remember the instruction, but then you also have to apply the instruction. So whenever we look at this, we see that there are two steps. Uh, that is to remember. The second uh, is to apply. In other words, uh, the secret to experiencing the blessing described in verse 2 is found when... We discover the truths of the Word of God. We rehearse the truths of the Word of God. We remember the truth of the Word of God and then we apply the truths of the Word of God. He said, my son, forget not, that's remembering, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my 
commandments. The formula to obtain the blessing is to remember and apply the principles of God's word. In verse number 2 we find the blessing that is promised to those that apply this formula. In verse number 2 the Bible says, For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Why is it necessary uh, uh, that we remember and apply the principles of the Word of God in order to obtain this blessing? Because verse number 2 says, uh, shall they add to thee. In other words, there is no way to obtain the blessing that is offered outside of the principles of the Word of God because it is the principles of the Word of God that will add to you the things that are promised. So without them, we cannot obtain them. Without the principle, we cannot obtain the blessing. And what is the blessing that he shares with us here? Well, we see three things that are promised to those who live according to the principles of God word. First of all, he says, for length of days. Now we know that every day is 24 hours. Uh, it doesn't matter uh, if it's summer or winter. Sometimes they seem longer than others, but every day is 24 hours long. So what does it mean when it says uh, that there will be length of days uh, to those that apply the principles of the Word of God? This means that you will have profitable days. Profitable days. Have you ever spent a day and at the end of the day you felt like you wasted the day? Well, I spent all day trying to do this one thing, and here it is the end of the day, and I'm still not accomplished what it was I was trying to do. But then have you had those days where you get up in the morning, and boy, I'm telling you what, you just knock them off your list one right after another. After Lewis has these kind of days all the time. Boy, I mean, he just knocks them projects out like they ain't nothing to them. One right after another after another. And come the end of the day, uh, you say, uh, you, you're talking about something you did, and you're like, was that today? I did, wow, that seems like so long ago. Man, I've done so much today. This has been, what do you say, a profitable day. Long days, length of days, days in which you can get much accomplished, days that are profitable. When you apply the principles of the Word of God, uh, you will find that you accomplish more with your days. Now there's a hundred rabbit trails I could run and I'm trying not to go long this morning, so I'm going to trust that you can make the application of the things that the Word of God teaches uh, that keep us from wasting our days and instead we have profitable days. You could go throughout the book of Proverbs and find where he talks about the slothful man and the sluggard and those that waste time. Whenever you apply the principles of the Word of God, it teaches us to redeem the time. It teaches us to be diligent. And when we apply these principles, we have length of days. So first off, we see that we are blessed with length of days in this daily blessing. But not only that, not only are we blessed with profitable days, but we're blessed with plentiful days. He says length of days and long life. Length of days and long life. Now we'll look at this a little bit more in depth when we get to another blessing. But did you know that living according to the Word of God is better for you than living according to the principles of the world? There are a lot of things that the world promotes that if you partake in, it has been proven not only by the Word of God, but it has been proven medically that it will shorten your life. Now, I do believe the Bible teaches that God gives to every man a certain number of days. But the Bible also teaches that there a life of wickedness can shorten your days. But when you live by the principles of the Word of God, not only will you have profitable days, but you'll have plenty of days 
And then we see the third blessing for length of days and long life and peace. The third thing we see in this blessing, not only do we have profitable days and plentiful days, but when you live according to the principles of the Word of God, you will have peaceful days. The Bible says, Great peace have they that love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Can you imagine that? Nothing shall offend them because they love the Word of God. We see the blessing, the daily blessing, those that live by the principles of the Word of God are promised profitable days, plentiful days, and peaceful days. As we continue through the passage, though, we find in verse 3 and 4 the promise uh, not only of a daily blessing, but we find the promise of a social blessing. This, these two verses, verse 3 and 4, speak of our relationships, uh, our interactions with other individuals. Uh, uh, it gives us a secret on how to be heard. Boy, isn't that something that everybody wants? Uh, everybody wants to be heard. They want somebody to listen to them. Uh, if, you, if you go study or read books or watch YouTubes on how to be a great conversationalist, uh, they tell you to listen to other people. But when you're like, but wait a minute. I, I want somebody to listen to me. I, I'm not interested in listening to them. I want them to listen to me. This is the battle that most people struggle. That's why they can't have conversation because they want to be heard instead of listening to others. But this passage of scripture here gives us the secret on how to be heard, how to be respected, how to be appreciated and looked up to by our peers and also with our heavenly father. In verse number three, we find the formula. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck, write them upon the table of thine heart. Whenever we look at this verse, we see two things, mercy and truth. Mercy would speak of kindness, and truth would speak of honesty. And young people, if there are two things that ought to govern your life, and everyone here this morning, if there's two things that ought to govern our life, it is kindness and honesty. Now, sometimes you will meet an individual who says harsh things about others. And whenever you try to correct them on saying such harsh things about others, they will defend themselves by saying, well, I'm just telling the truth. Well, you notice how the Bible lists this? The two things that he puts together is kindness and honesty. Mercy and truth. When you go through life, it is important that you be honest about yourself and it's important that you be kind toward others. That is how this works. It isn't that you need to be honest about everybody else and kind to yourself. No, no. You be kind to others and honest about yourself. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck and write them upon the table of thine heart. So what does this mean? This is is definitely being written poetically. Uh, so what does he mean when he says, bind them about thy neck and write them upon the table of thine heart? Well, whenever we think of something that is about our neck, uh, of course we think of a necklace or an ornament, uh, uh, something that is put there to adorn the person, uh, that is made to put there to make them look appealing. You know, there is nothing that will make you appear more pleasant. Uh, there is nothing that will draw people to you. There is nothing that will attract people to you and what you have to say and what you think like mercy and truth. Let that be your adornment. Let that be when people see you, that is what they see. But not only should it be our adornment, but it should be written on our heart. You know, what we write on our heart 
is the law book that we've written for ourselves that we live by. Now, all of us have a lot of different principles and things that we're familiar with. But on every one of our hearts, every one of us have a law book. Now, you may have never described it this way, but if you think about it, you'll know it's true. We have a law book. We have a guidebook. We have a set of things that we will or will not do. We have a... a way that we handle situations. Uh, we have some things uh, that we will not do. We have other things uh, uh, that we have uh, kind of put in a gray area. It's okay if I do it. All of us do this. We have a law written on our heart and that law guides us. The Bible says here something that you ought to write on your heart is mercy and truth, kindness and honesty ought to be part of the law that is written on your heart that guides the way you live. This is the formula. What is the blessing that we get when we apply this? In verse number 4 it says, So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. I said that this was a secret on how to find a way that people would listen to you. If you conduct yourself with kindness and honesty, people will lend their ear to what you have to say. It says that you will find favor and good understanding. The word favor has two applications here in this passage of Scripture. First, the word favor speaks concerning how we appear. How we appear when we are governed by kindness and honesty. Whenever we are governed by kindness and honesty, the verse is saying that we appear or we look favorable. Uh, if you look the word up, it means that we appear beautiful, pleasant, uh, precious. Uh, whenever someone looks at us uh, and we are adorned with truth uh, and kindness, uh, they look at us and we appear uh, beautiful. Guys, uh, that's the only hope some of us has got uh, that will ever appear that way. Uh, but they look at us and they say, oh, this is a person who is honest. This is a person who is kind and we appear beautiful precious. Uh, we are something that people desire to be around. But not only does the favor look at how we appear, it also describes how we will be received. So shalt thou find favor. It means that we're received with graciousness. We're received with kindness. That we are accepted by those who know us when we're governed by kindness and truth. Then Folks, understand this. Then we see favor and good understanding. What does this mean? Good understanding, I believe, speaks both of a personal increase in wisdom as well as uh, the ability to convey that wisdom. We find in Luke 2.15 that this blessing marked the life of the Lord Jesus Christ as a young man. And of course we know that he governed his life with mercy and truth. And in Luke chapter number 2 and verse number 52, I think I said 15 a minute ago, 52. Luke 2 and verse 52, the Bible says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. You want to increase in wisdom? You want to increase in favor? Live a life governed by mercy and truth. The third blessing that we find in this passage is what I've referred to as a directional blessing. You know, if there's one thing we need in life, it is a guide, a road map. 
how to find where I'm going. Uh, we used to use paper maps. Uh, then the GPS came out and everybody got them a GPS. Uh, now we have uh, maps on our phones uh, and sometimes I think we'd be ahead to go back to the paper map uh, and it would help us get where we're going much better. Uh, but we're always looking for something to tell us where to go. The best thing about using your phone or uh, GPS uh, is that you're doing fine until you get in a remote area where there's no signal and where you absolutely have no idea where you're at and then you 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 don't know where you're at because it won't tell you. That's where the paper map kicks in. Uh, but anyway, we all are looking for direction. We're all looking for a guidance, not only in how we get from point A to point B in this physical life, but we're looking for direction in what do I do uh, as far as uh, who I'm supposed to marry or what am I supposed to do as far as raising my children? What am I supposed to do as far as what job I will take or what career I'll pursue or what church I'll attend? What is it that I'm supposed to do? How do I find my direction? in life. And we ask ourselves these questions oftentimes, how do I find direction? Well, we see that the resource for this is found in verses 5 and 6. The formula we find in verse number 5 and the first part of verse number 6, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him. First, the way you find direction is putting your trust in the Lord. Young people, God has designed a plan for your life. He has an intention for you. He has created you specifically to accomplish a specific purpose in this life. And if you'll trust Him, He will guide you every step of the way. And just rely on Him. Just rely on Him that He will guide you every step of the way. It really takes a lot of stress out of life when you take this mindset. I'll give a simple example. This really isn't a, a very weighty example, but it helps portray the truth. Melissa and I uh, bought a little, a little piece of land that was right next to the house that we live in. On that piece of land was a little small 800 square foot house. It was needing repaired um, but it was definitely worth repairing. And so we thought, well, well, we'll purchase this house. We'll repair this house. And, of course, our daughter Michaela and Jake are looking to get married, and they were wanting a place to live. And we're like, well, we'll get this place fixed up, and, and you, can, you can rent this off of us, and you can live here. We'll let you rent it very cheaply, and this will be a place for you all to live till you can find where you want to go. And so this was our plan. Well, the little house did not have uh, any plumbing and it. it. didn't have a septic system. It had been built back in the 50s and never had any plumbing. So the first step to fixing the house up was to put in a septic field, put in a drain field. And this way, uh, you know, Kaylee said she just wasn't up on using an outhouse the first few days of her married life, you know, so we need a septic system so she can have running water in her house. And so I call the engineer. The engineer comes and looks at the piece of property. He says, I'm sorry to tell you this, but we can't do a traditional drain field here. I'm like, you can't do a traditional drain field. He said, no. The way your land lays, because of the proximity to other property lines, the quality of the dirt, all these things compiled together. He said, there's only one type of system that will work for you, and it's like a mini treatment plant. And he said, it's going to cost you about $30,000 to put this septic system in. Well, that was about twice what I was hoping to put in the whole project. And I said, well, Kaylee, you and Jake need to find a place to live. We ain't fixing the little house. This project is on hold. Kaylee and Jake said no problem. They looked around. They found them a place to, to rent and to secure. So when they get married, they have a place to live. They got that all set in place and everything is fine. And then I get a telephone call from someone and they say, hey, 
heard you was having some trouble with your septic system, wanted to point you in a direction uh, that may answer some questions. Now, I've not pursued that route completely to find out whether or not it is going to give us a way to put a drain field in, and really it doesn't matter to me if we fix the little house up or not. But it's a possibility that now we will be able to put a, a drain field in and use the house. And Melissa and I were talking about it. And she said, you know what, apparently... For some reason, it wasn't the Lord's will for Jacob and Michaela to live in that house. Somehow, some way, that was going to interfere with God's plan for them. And so God shut the door so that they would find a different place. But once they secured the other place, God opened the door back up because He does have a purpose for the little house. You see how all the worry's gone? I didn't have to stress one bit. The door got shut. Apparently that was God's will. The door got open. Apparently that was God's will. I've not lost not one minute's sleep, not one minute's sleep over what I'm going to do with the little house. I haven't worried about it at all. You know why? Because I'm trusting in the Lord and He will direct my path. Now, like I said, that's just a small thing and you'll encounter much, much bigger things in your life. But how do you get through them? Trust in the Lord and He will direct thy path. We see... That he says, trust in the Lord, in all thy ways acknowledge him. What is the blessing? And he shall direct thy path. He will guide your life. He will be the road map. He will close doors. He will open doors. You follow his leading and he will put you exactly where he wants you to be. A fourth blessing, and I'm trying to hurry and finish here. A fourth blessing is found in verses 7 and 8, which I have called a wellness blessing. A wellness blessing. This blessing speaks of our physical well-being. You know, although our life in Christ is to be focused on eternity, Christ is interested in our physical well-being while we're here on earth. And we see here that this is a guide that speaks of how to protect ourselves from any of the ailments and sicknesses that are a result of a life of sin. We find the formula in verse number 7, Be not wise in thine own eyes, the Bible tells us in Judge, or another place in Proverbs, there is a way that seemeth right unto the man, uh, uh, but the end thereof are the ways of death. The book of Judges is full of the chaos uh, that results when every man does that which is right in his own eyes. Uh, the Bible says here, Be not wise uh, in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. You know the number one question that people will ask whenever there is something that the Bible is speaking against that they want to partake in. They will ask this question, well, what's wrong with it? You know what my answer is? Be not wise in thine own eyes. Don't try to excuse it. Don't try to get around it. Don't try to find a way to make it okay. Be not wise in thine own eyes. If the Word of God speaks against it, fear the Lord and depart from evil. Why do we do that? The blessing says... It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Every command that is in this book is in this book for mine and your well-being. It is for our benefit. It is for our blessing. And if we want to live a life that is a long life and a healthy life, then we will apply the principles of this book. Now, once again, we could run a lot of rabbit trails here about principles that folks in our day definitely tend to neglect. But if you apply the principles in this book, God says that you will have physical well-being. And then the last one in verses 9 and 10, we find the final blessing listed in this passage, and that is a provisional blessing. 
Now we find all throughout the Word of God passages of Scripture that speak of God providing our needs. Philippians 4 verse number 19 says, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. In Psalm 37 and verse number 25, David said, I have been young and now I'm old, but I'm yet to, I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. All throughout the Word of God, we find promises that God will supply the need of his children. But here in Proverbs, we find that there is an addition to that promise. In verse number 9, it says, Honor the Lord with thy substance, and with the firstfruits of all thine increase. Now in addition to honoring the Lord with your life, which the Bible tells us in Romans chapter number 12, that that's our reasonable service to honor the Lord with our life. But in addition to honoring the Lord with our life, the Bible says that we're to honor Him with our substance. Now of course we could definitely apply this to giving of your tithes and offerings. But I believe what this verse is speaking of is everything I have is His. Everything that belongs to me, He gave to me. Therefore, everything that I have can be used for His glory. There is nothing that I will withhold from Him. I will honor the Lord with my substance. All that I have is thine. But as you go through life, sometimes you find increase. You know, some folks say that they started out with nothing and they still have most of it. Some of us feel that way. But you know, sometimes as you go through life, you may start out with very little. But as you go through life, if you're wise with your money, you're able to find some increase. And maybe you have a nicer home and nicer automobiles and a little bit of uh, uh, rainy day money in the bank and you're feeling a little better financially. You know, when you had nothing, it was easy to say, all that I have is thine. But whenever you found increase, you still say, all that I have is thine. Honor the Lord with your substance. Never withhold anything from God. That doesn't mean that you can't have anything, but it means, Lord, whatever I have, it's yours. Anytime you want it, it's yours. Everything I have, I give to you for the furtherance of the gospel. He says, if you honor the Lord with your substance, there's a blessing in verse number 10. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. You give to God, He'll give back to you. Now don't miss He promised us in Philippians that He'll take care of all our needs. He promised us in Psalm that we'd never beg bread. He promised to meet our needs. I'm not saying that He won't meet your needs. He will always take care of His children. But if you give to Him, He'll give back to you over and above consistently and abundantly. If you give to Him, He'll give back to you. In Matthew 6, verse 28 through 33, it says, And why take your thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Graduates, here's five principles that honestly, although they're simple and although we know them, if we apply them to their life, they are a formula for a life filled 
with blessings. Neglect them. Live according to your own wisdom, pursuing your own fleshly desires, and you will live a life. Sure, there'll be moments of fun. Sure, there'll be moments of excitement, but you'll have a life that is overall filled with regrets and grief. Live a life according to the principles of the Word of God, and you will find a life that is blessed. I'm going to have each of the graduates come up here to the platform. Tanner to come down. Y'all cover Tanner for a couple minutes. Tanner, come down. We'll get Miss Tate to come up. Uh, Jody and Hunter, if y'all would make your way up here to the platform. We want to recognize each of these graduates. We have a gift that we want to give each of them. Come right on up here, over here on my right, if you would. We appreciate and love each and every one of you. Boy, I'm telling you what, we are blessed to have each of you here in the church. Each of them are... Each of these young people, I can say honestly, they don't just attend. Each one of these young people serve in the church. Boy, I'm telling you, that's something that is rare to find in our day, is young people who not only attend church, but young people who serve in the church, who give themselves to ministry. And Boy, I'm telling you what, we're blessed to have you here in the church. As you go into this next phase of life, a little different for each one of you, you're going to face some challenges. You're going to face some circumstances and situations that you're not going to be sure what to do. Let me challenge you as your pastor. Look to the Word of God. Look to the Word of God. I encourage you, if you're able, memorize that passage of Scripture, Proverbs 3, 1 through 10. Memorize it. Commit it to memory. I memorized it years ago. Rehearse it in your mind. Whenever you find them circumstances, go back to it and say, is there a principle here that will help me in this situation? And so we've got a couple gifts that we want to give to each of you. And so for our high school graduates, uh, we have for each of them, we have a Bible, and I let them pick the Bible that they wanted. Uh, gave, sent them a website and said, pick something from here. And so each of them picked something a little different. You know what? I love that, that we all have different uh, needs and wants. And uh, Tate, I feel like you have a specific purpose for this Bible. You're like, I ordered that specific for a purpose. And so we have this, and so this is for Tate, a nice leather Bible, and then Tanner, this one's for you, a nice Bible. We present that to you. Take it, use it, read it, apply it, wear it out, let it be a blessing to you. And then for college graduates, uh, we have here a devotional. Now normally, I give my college graduates all the same devotional, but since Hunter and Jody married... I figured I'd give them two different ones and then y'all could swap. And so, uh, but I have a, a journal, a nice leather journal and a daily devotional for you. And then Hunter have a, a nice leather journal and a daily devotional for you as well. Take those, apply yourself to the Word of God. Seek Him. And I promise you, life's going to get busy. A lot of things are going to come your way. But if you always take time for God, you'll find that you, in this crazy world, can have a life of blessings. We're proud of each and every one of you. I'm going to ask everyone that is able and willing to come here to the front of the church, and we're going to pray and ask the Lord's blessings on these graduates, and then we'll be dismissed. I'm going to ask a couple of, of men to pray over these graduates and because of their connection. I'm going to ask Brother Jeremy, 
if you would, to lead us in prayer, to Lord to put his blessing upon these graduates, and then Brother McGregor, I'm going to ask if you also would pray and ask the Lord's blessing on these graduates. Dearly, Father, Lord, we just thank you for these uh, young ones here today, Lord. They, uh, they have completed a phase of their life, and Lord, uh, we thank you for their help, your help and guidance through that, Lord. And pray that you just be with them as they continue on in life and in marriage and in further schooling, Lord. Pray that you just put your hand on each one of them. Help them, Lord, to rely on you to seek you in every phase of their life, Lord. Uh, we know that you are the answer for all their problems, for all their uh, unknown situations coming up, Lord. Pray that you just help them and guide them, give them strength, uh, and help each one of us around them to support them and uh, be there for them and to uh, help be an inspiration to them, a guide for them that uh, one day that they uh, will uh, be faithful servants to you in every aspect of their life. Lord, we pray that you just be with each one, be with all of us now, in the name of Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, as we continue these prayers for these young people, Lord, I do especially lift each one of them up. Lord, I obviously have a place in my heart for Hunter and Jody. They're beginning so many things, uh, having graduated, beginning uh, to go out into the world, and also as, uh, in their lives uh, together as man and wife. And Lord, we ask that they would uh, honor those uh, instructions that they had at their wedding, Lord, to keep Christ at the center of their marriage. And Father, that's uh, it's true for all of them, Lord. We just ask that they will have the opportunity to, to always keep Christ at the center of their lives and honor you and, and Lord, uh, base their decisions on, on your word. Uh, the great uh, uh, instructions they had this morning, Lord, from, the, uh, from your word. Father, we just ask that they would keep that in mind and it would bless them and we ask your blessing upon their lives. For the, those that are graduating from high school, we just ask, Father, that you continue to guide them as they make their future decisions. And once again, Lord, we're thankful, we're proud, we're blessed to have each one of them here. We pray in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. Lord, we do thank you for each of these graduates. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that they're here. We thank you, dear Lord, that they prioritize your house. Lord, we thank you that they serve. Lord, that they're willing. And Lord, that they work in whatever capacity needed. Lord, we thank you that even at this point in their life, Lord, they've given themselves to following you. And now, Lord, as they step into the next phase of life, and Lord, we know that many times the responsibilities of adulthood and uh, Lord, the things that come into our life, many times the devil will use these things to try and pull us away from you. And so, Father, I pray, dear Lord, that you will strengthen them. I pray, dear Lord, that you'll stabilize them. I pray, dear Lord, that they will stay faithful to you. And, Lord, I thank you for this church family, Lord, that's represented here at the altar this morning. Lord, I pray that you will help us as a church family, Lord, that we will lift them up. Oh, Lord, that we will hold them up. And, Lord, that we will pray for them. And, Lord, that we will encourage them, Lord, that they will stay faithful to you, Father, I pray. Now, Lord, as we go downstairs to enjoy the meal, Father, I thank you for those that have prepared it. I pray, dear Lord, that you bless the food, bless the time of fellowship, and Father, we'll thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Thank each of you for being here. You are dismissed. Make your way downstairs and get you some dinner, and then do remember there will not be an evening service today. Thank you. You are dismissed. <laughs>